Hey everybody, before we get started, I just want to tell you that if you are 16 to 24 years old and have lived experience or interest in mental health, substance use disorder, or child welfare, or foster systems, and would like to learn more about sharing your voice and helping to change your community, we really want you to come join us. Empowered Voices encourage youth to use their voice and advocate for positive changes within provided social services. The program is completely youth-led, allowing youth to advocate for themselves and empower each other. Listening sessions are set for Tuesday, April 21st, and Thursday, April 23rd, from 4.30 to 5.30 p.m., and that's all via Zoom. We want you to improve youth and young adults' quality of life through sharing experiences and working together for change. So if you're interested in participating, you can email today's podcast guest, Leah Spate, and her email is in the show notes, and she'll send you the meeting ID and passcode. So remember, this is a chance to let your voice be heard. Thanks, and let's get to the show. I struggle with really bad anxiety. I have for a really long time, and it's something that, you know, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse, and honestly, during this time, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> You're listening to the Mental Health Download from the nonprofit Mental Health Association Oklahoma. I'm Matt Gleason, and on today's episode, we have two very special guests, and I'm so excited that they're here because, you know, during this COVID era, I think we're all wondering how you know, young people are coping with all of this and what sort of techniques can parents offer to help their children? And then, you know, what young people would offer their peers, what tips that they would have learned during this very strange time to, you know, be resilient. And so, I'm going to introduce our guest here. First, we're going to start with Leah Spate. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Hey, no problem. Thanks for having me. Leah, I am curious. I don't know where you go to school. So I'm a senior at Oral Roberts University. I'm a social work major and I'll graduate in December. And how old are you, Leah? I am 20 years old. 20 years old. I'm 40. <laughs> so Twice as old. <laughs> Yeah, I could be your dad. That's weird. Yeah, like you could be. Yeah. You're only three years younger uh, than my dad. You're about my mom's age. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he probably has more hair than me too. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And Leah, uh, tell us what you do for Mental Health Association. So I am the youth coordinator. So my job is to uh, facilitate a youth advocacy program. And what does that mean? Basically, the group that I'm in charge of facilitating is 100% youth-led, so ages 16 to 24, the transitional youth age. Speaking of youth, I have a 13, 11, and nine-year-old, all three girls. So oh, wow. I'm, you know, I'm. <laughs> this is this is kind of therapy for me to get some good lessons from from you and and Cynthia, uh, Cynthia Mooney. So, Cynthia, welcome to the Mental Health Download. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So I am the coordinator for Children's Behavioral Health Initiatives, and that basically means that I pull together all of the partners within the Tulsa community that work on behalf of children's behavioral health. It is a group of everybody who is in social services, anybody who directly impacts or does therapeutic services for youth 0 to 24 but also community partners, anybody who is a stakeholder in that, trying to make sure that everybody's on the same page, working co coordinatedly together, coming up with strategic plans on ways to improve the services, addressing gaps, anything that might be going on in the community that we can do to better support our children and our families. 
and I am the mother of three. I have a 11-year-old, a 16-year-old, and a almost 24-year-old. Very cool. All right. Okay. So, Leah, let's, I think the, you know, the most obvious question is, so we're living in a COVID era where none of us know what's going to happen next. And so, I think a lot of us, you know, I think the world is focused on, you know, the the working professionals who are working from home. And I think we're focused in on the 65 and older people who are the most vulnerable. And I think, you know, just from my perspective, I, I think that a lot of people think, well, the teenagers, they'll be fine. Like they're used to having their face in a phone and social media and all that. Like, don't even worry about them. They're fine. Mm-hmm. Is that true? Um, and if not, tell me why that isn't true. I can kind of feel that way. I don't feel like that's necessarily like the intention of it. But again, I have a job because of that mindset. Us youth tend to kind of be forgotten. Even, okay, I think of my fiance's sister. She's a senior. She doesn't know if she's going to be able to have a commencement or not. And Oklahoma, the schools are out for the rest of the year. They'll be virtual. I remember when I was in high school and I remember thinking, going into my like, freshman year and going to homecoming and leading up to homecoming being like, oh my gosh, something bad's going to happen and homecoming's going to get canceled. And I waited all my life for this. And this is just going to be awful. And I remember feeling the same about graduation and prom. And I can only imagine the way that these seniors feel when that something's going to happen and it's not going to happen is actually not a reality to them. And honestly, that sucks. I'm sorry to say, but like, I grieve for these seniors, all these adults, they've got to have that opportunity they had their senior proms, they had their graduations. And so that's not a big deal to them because they've moved on and they realize there's so much more to life than high school. But these high schoolers don't have that. This is their reality. They haven't gotten that perspective yet. And so they have really gotten the short end of the stick, like the worst of it all. Honestly, that really bothers me that there isn't anything. It's basically like, sorry, you don't get a prom. Sorry, you won't get a commencement. And it's like, you're just going to leave it at that. That really bothers me. For me personally, I'm very fortunate that my college campus has allowed us to stay on campus. They haven't made it easy to function while being on campus, but I'm thankful that I wasn't just booted off like some of these universities have with their youth. I can only imagine being told by my college that, you know, you have until so many hours to get out and you can't return until the fall. That would be awful. I know another university in the area who did that. They said, oh, we'll give you till Friday, you know, to pack up. And that was on Monday. And then they came back again and was like, just kidding. You have till five o'clock tonight to be off campus. You gave them a week and then you turned around and gave them four hours. I just, I can't imagine. But it's hard. All of my friends are gone. We all live in different states. I have a solid friend group of about 10 people, 10 to 12 people. And they're all from different states. And so we got the news that we were virtual over spring break. So we were all gone anyway. And then to come back and they've already left, they've already packed up, they're gone. And I didn't get to say goodbye. And I'm a huge extrovert and it sucks. Like I look around campus and like no one's here. And I'm like, this, this really stinks. It's really hard to have that concept of, you know, self-isolation and social distancing when you're so used to being surrounded by, you know, thousands of people at a time, especially if you live on a college campus. That was phenomenally explained. (laughs) I'm so glad that you are a mental health advocate and that you're out there explaining these things uh, in such a wonderful way. Okay. So, Cynthia, tell us how your kids are doing. 
handling all this? Uh, I have three very different children. So the 11 year old is thrilled. He thinks this is the best thing that has ever happened. He doesn't have to go back to school. This is like just summer started early. He misses his friends. He's starting to recognize that uh, it's going to be a little more boring around the house because he can't go do some of the things that he likes to go do. But at the same point, that part hasn't really hit him yet. The 16-year-old, all of her friends are already connected. So she's kind of an introvert. She's been reading all day long. Uh, She and her friends are swapping books. And so they're setting up like drop points to kind of share books that they're reading. They're talking online. They've got group chats. And so that's been okay so far. I think that as it goes on, that's going to start kind of hitting a little bit more. 24-year-old is out on his own. And you would think that that would make it a little bit easier. But the truth is, is that he, you know, I've actually been most worried about him because he is on his own. I don't have, I don't have the ability to check in with him. Like I want to be able to do. He is in one of those essential jobs. So he's still out there with the public every day. And that kind of makes me nervous because I'm his mom and I want to take care of him. But at the same point, I'm, he's 24 and I'm having to, you know, you've got to let go. So I like having all of my chickens in the same house and they're not. And that's a little hard. But at the same point, I think that I'm trying to provide for each one of them the way that they need me to as their mom. And I have had to give myself a lot of grace as a parent mm-hmm. because I'm working. I'm working full-time. And in fact, I think I'm working more than full-time right now just because the need is so much greater and just trying to get all the information out there. And so I'm going to be really honest. I'm struggling with the exact opposite piece, which is like, I know my kids are sitting on social media. Mm -hmm. I know my son is watching YouTube videos all day long. And I know that's not healthy and that's not what I want my kids to be doing. Mm -hmm. But I can't do my job and mm-hmm. be a parent at the same time. So to I do got to see work. this. That's a, I got to see this firsthand while I was home, and it kind of made me giggle because my mom set up her little office space down in the basement. She works for the energy company in our town, so she's do it on meetings, making sure everything's running right, troubleshooting apps and things like that. So she's super busy. And my siblings are upstairs trusted to do their chores and those, but I'll still catch my brothers, you know, on YouTube. Ideally, it sounds like they're all sitting around the table, you know, eating their apple slices while, (laughs) you know, reading Charles Dickens and that, no. We're just trying to kind of keep normal as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But I, I think part of it too is that, and I don't know how other parents are handling this, but I'm spending all day long sort of trying to navigate systems that are working within this new COVID-19 world. And there's a lot of anxiety and there's a lot of stress and there's a lot of concern for what is happening. And so I am waking up at 8, 8.30, well, I'm waking up at 6, but I'm getting on Zoom calls by 8, 8.30 in the morning that are all about how many people have died and are all about, you know, quarantine rates and whether or not we have enough protective gear and what new rules there are in our cities and and how that's impacting children and families and hearing all of that. And there's a part of it where my own anxiety, my own stress, my Mm -hmm. own concern for what's going on 
is I don't want that to negatively impact my kids kind of just getting to be kids. So Leah, have you, so how are your parents handling you not being a chicken in their farm? Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. So I actually, I live eight hours away. I'm from Sioux city, Iowa, and I am graduating in December. And so I'm moving to Tulsa. So I'm slowly making that like migration down to Tulsa. And so my mom's kind of used to me not being home, but this has been really difficult for me, honestly. Um, just overall, this has been a really hard semester and this is just kind of the icing on the cake. So I've been really just like, I just want to go home. Like I really just want to be home. And so I was lucky enough to be able to go home for about five days. I have a, a sister that just turned 14 and then I have twin brothers that will be 13 in about a month. So it's a house full of teenagers with a single mom. So it's a lot of fun. But just being able to go home is really good for me. It sucks being so far away from home. I mean, my fiance's parents live an hour and a half away. So he's got his family, but my family's eight hours away. And so it's been, it's been really hard. I cried all the way on the drive home. And I was just like, I don't want to be in Tulsa. Like I feel, I feel really isolated. Like the con like the thought of me being like alone, like scares me, but I know that it'll be really important for me and really good for me to kind of, it makes me self-reflect if that makes sense and just have me time because as an extrovert, I can tend to just cling to people and to like distract myself and be around other people rather than spending that time with self-reflection. So I know it'll be good, but being away from home has been, it's going to be really difficult for me knowing that everyone's home and my family is always super busy. So it's always, I catch them quick five minutes. I can call them when they're going from practice to practice or traveling for tournaments and things like that. Like I can get them all at once in like the car or something, but knowing that even my mom's working from home now. And so everyone's home and I'm not with them. It just really stinks, but I'm really thankful I was able to be home for about five days. And so how are your siblings handling this? My sister is not happy. And at all. Um, so she loves school. It's her outlet. It's her thing. Um, she is a volleyball prodigy. She's amazing. She does travel league. She does school league. And so this weekend, this past weekend, Saturday was actually supposed to be state for her school team. They had made it to state two years in a row and it got canceled because of it. And she's so upset. Like she eats, sleeps and breathes volleyball. And so knowing that her last you know, middle school season was taken from her right before freshman year and right before tryouts. And she's on track to make varsity as a freshman. And so knowing that she lost that last bit of training and that last bit of season is killing her. All of her friends, she is the type of person to have people over all the time. Like anytime I call her, she FaceTimes me. At least four or five different people are over at the house. And so for her, like this it's, it's killing her. It's driving her crazy. She does everything she can to have her little boyfriend come over. But my mom is like, it's got, he has to stay outside. Y'all can play outside. Y'all can, you know, shoot hoops, bounce around the ball, but he cannot come inside because you know, the whole social distancing thing. Okay. I want to move to solutions and techniques. So Leah, from your perspective, let's, you know, Things that you maybe you've learned on the fly, you know, coping mechanisms, anything, any tips that you can offer? Yeah. So I actually, I struggle with really bad anxiety. I have for a really long time. 
Um, and it's something that, you know, sometimes it's better, sometimes it's worse. And honestly, during this time, it's been pretty bad. <laughs> I also, I strive for stability in life and I cannot function very well when I feel like everything around me is changing and when I feel like everything's around me is unstable and just like unknown. Like I'm very type A. I need to start. I need to finish. I need to know what's going to happen next. <laughs> and I don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> and so this has been like Cynthia, like I'm always when it comes to like meetings, it's always, you know, the whole COVID and everything that's like coming up. And then, you know, the news, you know, over spring break, it was on the TV 24 seven. And I was just like, I cannot do this. And I know for, you know, at my house, we never have the news on my mom's like, we don't watch the news. You know, I check in, you know, in articles, I get to know what I need to know. But we the news is never on in my house. Whereas for my fiance's house, it's always on. And so what I learned to do, so I know that for some kids, they can't control what's on the TV. They can't yell at their parents, tell them change TV or change station, or I really don't want to be watching this right now. Like they can say it all they want, but honestly, whoever's got the remote is in charge of what's on the TV is kind of the unspoken rule. And so for me, what I did over spring break is I go outside or I, you know, just even go into my room. And I'd shut the door and I'd, you know, open my laptop or I'd go on TikTok or I'd go on social media and I would just kind of like turn my brain off and turn it up loud enough so I couldn't hear what's going on the TV. Even though it's not something like severe, it's still just like hearing COVID-19 and hearing coronavirus or the China virus and Trump said this and the governor talked about this and this is where the nation's going. It can be really stressful and just overwhelming because uh, us control freaks can't control what's going on. And so it can be very overwhelming. And so I've just learned to just shut it off, know what I need to know, but there's nothing I can do about it. And so constantly reminding myself, there's nothing I can do about it. So there's no reason on freaking out, you know, I'm just like constantly reminding, like it'll all work itself out in time. It's going to be okay. And just kind of staying focused in the now and what is positive about now. So like, Last night, my fiance and I, we couldn't go get dinner. We couldn't go out to eat. We couldn't, you know, go do anything. So we went to Panda Express. We got food to go. We ate it in the Target parking lot. And then we went and saw, we went and tried to find the cheapest gas in town. And I just started <laughs> laughing. And I was like, that's a date night is looking for the cheapest gas in town. I said, that's great. But just doing things like that, like if that's just distracting yourself or it's so beautiful. Quarantine doesn't say we can't go outside. So go hammocking or once I get off this call or once we're done with this, I'm going to go outside in the prayer gardens on campus and work on homework outside, but just self-caring like, okay, I can't go to the gym. Well, I'm not going to sit around and get fat during this. So I'm looking <laughs> up, you know, in home exercises and, you know, just things to keep me active. I love baking. So I was home this week. I baked just like doing things that you would normally do to self-care. Like I went and got my hair dyed before all the salons were closed. I went and got my nails done. Like I was like, I'm going to need all the self-care I can get. And remembering to put yourself first, I think has really helped me through all of this. And texting friends and reaching out to friends. I keep forgetting that, but like being an extrovert, texting your friends and checking up on them. Like I said, all of my friends are in different states right now. So yeah, social distancing doesn't mean self-isolation. So you can be social distance, but you don't have to self-isolate. Cynthia, what solutions do you have for us 
as a parent and maybe for yourself? <laughs> as a parent, it's mostly just <laughs> giving myself the same amount of grace that I'm giving to everybody else. Uh, we're all trying to figure out a new way to be. We're trying to figure out this new, you know, being home, being home with our kids. I've worked from home before, but they were always at school when I worked from home. So trying to figure out what that balance is between, you know, getting all of my work done, but it's mostly just giving myself the grace to realize I'm not going to get it right. That there's going to be a kid that pops in behind me sometime on my meeting calls when I'm with people that really I don't want my kids to see. Um, (laughs) So that's been kind of fun. But I think the other piece of it is realizing that I am going to be the guide for our family in terms of how we're going to react to this. So trying to keep my own stress my own anxiety down to a minimum as much as I can so that I'm not feeding it to them. So we don't have the television on, you know, I'll get those updates and everything. But for the most part, we try really hard to not have that go into the house. I give them the updates that are relevant to them, but try to leave out all of the, you know, facts and everything that that are going on that they have no control over. I think it's scary depending on families and where they live and where their extended family may live. And we have friends in New Jersey and New York. And so I don't really want to have that hit the television screen on a regular basis for my kids to start worrying about their aunts and their uncles and their cousins that are living on the East Coast. And recognizing the fact that I have three children at very, very different stages in life. And so each one of them hears the information in such a vastly different way. So my youngest, everything is very, you know, it is happening right now. It's very intense. It's very real. Whereas the teenager and the 24-year-old can kind of run it in context a little bit better and they can they can make sense of it in a different way. You know, the 11-year-old is still more concrete driven. And so, you know, if he hears a fact, that is fact. And so just trying to be very, very careful about what I share so that I'm not adding to their stress and trying to keep it as normal as possible. We've come up with a couple different ways to do it. You know, board games, We play them, but we're getting a lot more use out of them lately. We always took walks in the neighborhood, but now we're having to be a little more intentional about that just to get ourselves out of the house since we're stuck inside all day long. So just trying to be a little bit more intentional. Okay. Well, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think our audience is really going to learn a lot from it. So thank you both for being here. What we do at the end of every podcast is we ask the guests to, and we'll do, we'll start with Cynthia on this. We ask the guests to share a bit of wisdom and then tell our audience to go do good things. So Cynthia, you're up first. Um, I think the bit of wisdom for me as a parent is just that there are so many resources out there online, people are posting them everywhere. And so I am finding great tips and tricks on how to keep myself calm, how to do some meditation, how to do some self-care, how to talk to my kids about this at different ages. So if I don't have the answers, I know that those resources are out there. There are so many websites that are, are great resources for parents right now. And just terms of navigating all of this. And even the school districts that their children are involved in are putting out fantastic resources. So just making sure that people realize that there are answers if you don't know how to deal with something, it's out there. All right, Leah, you're up. I would say a bit of wisdom that I'm learning through all of this would be, you know, I can't control everything. 
work went virtual, school went virtual, which I am not an online class person. I've always said that. And, you know, people moving away and just all of the uncertainty, but like learning ways to ground myself and learning, you know, to just live in the moment and find positives and what's going on. And the constant reminder of I'm not alone, like for the first time and probably history, everyone, like literally everyone, not just in the country, but in the world is going through something very similar or practically the same thing. And so that constant reminder of like, someone actually does know what I'm going through. Like we're all going through this together and social media is a beautiful thing and utilizing it and reaching out and connecting with people. But on that note, not comparing your reality to the glimpse of good that someone is posting that not to compare your social distancing to someone else's social distancing everyone's got it different but we're all alone we're all stuck in a house Uh, but finding those positive things about it and not turning social distancing into social isolation but go do good things COVID-19 has impacted the people Mental Health Association Oklahoma serves every day. People impacted by mental illness, homelessness, substance use, and justice involvement. And we continue to serve the most vulnerable in our communities, but that's coming with many unexpected expenses. We have established a COVID-19 relief fund to assist us in the emergency services we are providing. Help us serve our participants in need of rental assistance, mental health care, food and shelter, and other basic necessities. Go to Mental Health Association Oklahoma's Facebook page to contribute or visit our website at mhaok.org and hit the donate button at the top of the page.